At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular's single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends. Welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of the Charlotte Hornets, brought to you by Senta. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of your Hornets. Rob Longo with you after what is unfortunately a silver linings edition of the Hornets Hivecast today. Hornets fall last night in Indiana, 116-111. to Charlotte had a lot of chances to win this one. There were some missteps along the way we'll talk about, and of course we'll point out our silver linings as we always do here in these losses. And we are officially at the midway point of the season, 41 games in the books, 41 games to go. Who is our team MVP through the midway point? Who is our biggest surprise? And who is our most improved? Those are some of the superlatives that we will cover a little bit later on. And helping me out here, as always here, for the majority of these Hornets Hivecasts, especially on the road, it's the one and only lead writer of Hornets.com and Sam Perley. Sam, thank you for joining me on today's edition of the Hornets Highcast, as always. And one of the things that I really want to talk about here today, or at least in this recap, is the maybe a little bit of frustrations from the Hornets side of things here as we get into this recap of this one. Of course, you know, Charlotte led this one by 12 after the first quarter, led it 27 to 15. Defense looked good in their second quarter, or in the first quarter, I should say. Uh, second quarter, not the greatest from Charlotte, got outscored 32 to 18, but they were still within striking distance they were only down two going into the locker room and then the Hornets outscored the Pacers 34 to 26 in the third quarter looked pretty good from there and then Charlotte just allowed 43 points there in the final frame to the Pacers as the Hornets fall 116 to 111 before we get to your thoughts here Sam I want to touch on something that Mason Plumley said after the game and the whole contest came down to that fourth quarter according to Mason defense in the fourth for sure and that was 
yeah, 43 in the fourth is too much when, when your defense has to be at its best. You know, I thought we started the game really well. It felt like there was some carryover from Milwaukee. Sam, we'll get into specifically that fourth quarter here in a few moments, but I just want to get your overall thoughts from this game last night. Was it that fourth quarter that was the demise of the Hornets, or was there something else? Because I think there were a couple of other things that we could pinpoint there as well. Yeah, I think ultimately, and once again, as always, thank you for having me. The fourth quarter, I think, is the one people are going to focus on because it is sort of it's the end of the game. It's the one that gets magnified the most and kind of a little bit of similarity to the Milwaukee game in the sense they got off to a really good start on the defensive end, whereas in Milwaukee, they got off to a really good start on the offensive end. They were able to weather some runs by Indiana over the course of the game. I thought the bench had some really good stretches there using the sort of Terry, Dennis, Cody, JT Thor, Mark Williams, Jalen McDaniels kind of combo lineups. And yeah, I think it came down to the fourth quarter. It felt like every time the Hornets, you know, they had a nine point lead at the start and Indiana kind of kept coming back, coming back. And they never really went on a big run, but it, it felt a lot like every time the Hornets would make a play that could kind of shift momentum, whether it was a three, whether it was a, a quality possession where they got a basket or something, Indiana would go back and immediately hit one right away. And so it never really felt like the Hornets were able to kind of take control in the fourth quarter. There was a little bit of letting Indiana hang around a little bit, let them get shots on second chance stuff. And yeah, I think by the time, you know, the dust kind of settled, we obviously saw Indiana kind of pulled this one away. They made a couple plays there at the end and hit nine of 10 free throws down the stretch, which was big for them to close this one out too. So tough one, but I, I do think it was that final kind of 90 seconds of the fourth quarter, Indiana made plays and the Hornets just couldn't make enough of those plays to get the win. First off, give credit where credit is due. Miles Turner had a monster game, especially there in the second half, more specifically, even furthermore in that fourth quarter, he finishes with 29 points, nine rebounds. He had four blocks and they were a lot of big ones there in the first half. He got Mark Williams twice in what seemed to be almost consecutive buckets. He also had a big one towards the end of the game against Mason Plumley, where the Hornets were still hanging around, kind of playing that all right, let's get an easy two, let's foul to see if we can get this game within a possession. It was a three-point spread at that point, but let's try to see if we can get it with a situation where we can win the game with a three or at least tie the game with an easy two. And Miles Turner just blew that to smithereens towards the end. I want to say there's maybe like less than 30 seconds left, and that was basically it for the Hornets. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Miles Turner looked really good out there. The entire starting lineup for Indiana looked good towards the end of the game. Buddy Heald was north of 20 Everybody was in double figures at the end of it. But the thing that I take away here, Sam, and again, this isn't anything to really harp on, but LaMelo Ball got into some foul trouble early on. He had his third foul at the 921 mark of the second quarter, and he had to sit from there. And after he was out at that point in the second quarter, the Pacers closed the frame on a 26-11 to run over that final nine minutes and 21 seconds of the second quarter and were able to take that lead going into the locker room. And then LaMelo Ball got his fourth foul 21 seconds into the second half and had to play really careful defense the rest of the way got his fifth foul at the 737 mark of the fourth quarter and then he sat for about three four minutes there he came back in at the 351 mark and then he fouled out with 53 seconds left and I know that a lot of those fouls were warranted whatever you want to call it but there were a couple ones in there there was a one he had on kind of a clutch and grab on a screen and roll situation that he didn't have to commit there were a couple where he just kind of got in a way that he didn't really need to be there got laid on some help a few times as well and then the sixth foul was an offensive foul where he was trying to hit a deep three he stuck his leg out there a little bit you and I both disagree a little bit or we agree to disagree on if that was a legitimate call or not it was late in the game with 53 seconds left a lot of times you don't see that called in the juncture of the game so I guess give credit to the officiating crew 
crew where if it's a foul in the first minute of the game, it's a foul in the last minute of the game. So I guess kudos for them if they were going to call that consistently out there. But it seemed like a very, very light touch-and-go foul that LaMelo fouled out on. But again, it doesn't matter. My opinion doesn't matter. But one of the opinions that do matter is head coach Steve Clifford. Here's what he said after the game about the fouling from LaMelo Ball and how his defense has improved overall from a year ago. Well, I think his defense, actually, if you look at the numbers, they're much better than they were a year ago. So, I mean, I think he's he's trying hard. He's putting a lot into it. Um, his team defense also, not just his defense on the ball. Tonight, I mean, two of those fouls were off the ball. You know, so it's not like, you know, he's guarding a guy and he's slapping down and stuff. So the third one was off frustration of getting a shot blocked. One was on a rebounding foul. And one was on like a little kind of like screening action off the ball. So those aren't. You know, those are a little bit unfortunate. It's not like he's doing all these crazy things. LaMelo also had a technical foul in there as well in the second half and the fourth quarter with about 8.50 left to play in regulation. So good thing it's not college rules or else he would have been down another personal foul there early on. The Hornets really would have been in trouble. But at the end of the day, Sam, I understand what head coach Steve Clifford's talking about. And I understand that these fouls are, they happen. It's just the way that LaMelo plays. He plays aggressive defense. He tries to get in the passing lanes. But at the end of the day, it's still frustrating when your best player isn't available for the last 53 seconds in a game that's one possession that they could easily win. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. And, and I'll give him a little bit of a benefit of the doubt because, you know, he still is only on whatever it is, game 16, 17. So where everyone else is sort of in game 40 and a couple months into the season, I don't know if that's playing a factor at all. And it, it felt like the foul stuff had actually kind of been uh, – he'd been doing well with it for a few games. And then every once in a while, it kind of pops up a little bit and – you know, I, I think he knows. I think Steve Clifford knows. They need their best players on the floor when they can play. When you when you get in a foul trouble, it puts a strain on your rotation. It puts a strain on the lineups. You're forced to kind of do some different things. And I think you can work with and live with the ones that come kind of in the flow of the flow of the game a little bit. I think the I think you mentioned the one at the start of the third quarter where he was late on a help or something on on Miles Turner. Maybe in the next time you just kind of let him dunk that one. And, and knowing the situation that you already have three. You don't want to get a fourth start of the third. It's the kind of the ones in transition, the ones that are frustration, the gambling ones. Those are the ones I think that are, are easy to clean up and, and just you just got to have to not do those and just play a little bit more discipline. But I think it's gotten better the last few games, but it is, you know, I, I think it, I, I will differ with you. I think that that last call at the end of the fourth quarter, I think in, in the timing in terms of where they were in the game was a tie game with 50 seconds left. Maybe the timing was a little surprising. They actually called that in the final minute. But I think if you look at the replay itself, I mean, it was a very clear foul. Um, and I think the three-pointer was actually technically blocked anyway. So uh, I don't think it was going, you know, to result in any – I don't think the Hornets missed out on any free throws or anything like that too. But that's – you know, he's not the only one that's been on foul trouble this season. P.J. Washington was in foul trouble in Milwaukee, obviously – situation was a little bit different in terms of the score and time too but it's just one of those things I think as a team the Hornets have to work on it's time it's the fouling I mean the I know some of it came towards the end there the Pacers shot a lot of free throws in this game and just defending without fouling and reaching in and not fouling at the end of shot clocks and leading to and one they had a lot of you know a couple pivotal and ones that kind of swung the game here at the end of the fourth quarter too so long-winded answer but 
you know, it's just one of those things. I think they were in good position. It's just, like I said in the, in the first point, they just didn't make the plays, and, and the Pacers did down the stretch. At the end of the day, it still goes down as a loss. 116-111 to 111 is your final score. Charlotte falls in Indiana and now is 11-30 and 30 on the campaign. Pacers improved to 23-18 and 18 for what it's worth as Charlotte looks to turn the page tomorrow in Toronto. And, of course, we'll have our game preview tomorrow on the Hornets Hivecast for that one. But in the meantime, we still have a lot to talk about in this one on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, our Silver Line portion of the HHC comes your way next right after this. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. It's the Silver Linings edition of the Hornets Hivecast today, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of your Hornets. Rob Longo, the league writer of Hornets.com, Sam Perley with you as well. Time now for a Silver Linings portion of the HHC. And Sam, as the guest of honor, I will always let you go first. Who is your Silver Lining from last night's contest? Yeah, I'm going to go with Mason Plumlee. I thought he was really, really good. Again, 18 points, 13 rebounds, which was a game high. Had four offensive rebounds, had a bunch of second chance putbacks off the top of my head, had some and ones, uh, six of ten from the field, two assists, thought he was really good defensively, good rebounding. And the thing I like most was six of six from the free throw line. He's done a lot of, put in a lot of work and a lot of time and effort to kind of get that free throw shooting back to where uh, it needs to be. And, and he had a bunch of, I think he hit a couple down the stretch in the fourth quarter, went two of two from the line. So I thought Mason was really good. 15th double double the season. I think his fourth and fifth games. And you might have to fill me in here. He's had, he's on some run now where he's had either double digit points or rebounds. And I think like 12 or 13 games in a row too. So getting a lot of good production from Mason Plumley lately. And last night was, was kind of more of what we've seen the last few weeks. Hornets hit ahead for Plumley. Plumley shrugs off the defender. Wrap around lay and yes, cannon and a foul. Sweet reverse from the eminently skilled Mason Plumley. The seven footer gracefully with the reverse lay in. 
plus the personal. It's now 12 consecutive games that Mason has either had double-digit rebounds or double-digit points or both here for the Hornets. And uh, Sam, I completely agree with you because he was one of my top performers from last night. That was, in fact, our play of the game after the contest where LaMelo had that baseball pass down to Mason Plumley, and Mason was able to have a nifty little reverse layup there up and under the contact as well for the and one. And, of course, he did convert on that free throw because he was 6-6 from the charity stripe. And that was the biggest thing for me in last night's game was, for Mason at least, was going 6-6 six six from the free throw line because you did mention it. He had a lot of high-pressure free throws there late in the fourth quarter, and we've seen it a couple of times earlier here in the season. I want to say it was against the Philadelphia 76ers where it was Hackett Plumley in the third quarter where the teams were trying to just get possession back, try to claw back into the game, and they were intentionally fouling Mason Plumley and sending him to the free throw line. So he's really turned a corner here. Free throw shooting has been so much better here as of late, especially last night in the loss, even though it was a loss. 6-6 from the free throw line is 6-6 from the free throw line. Better free throw percentage than Terry Rozier last night. Terry Rozier was 7-8 of from the charity stripe, just to point one out there as well. But collectively, Hornets did shoot very well from the free throw line last night in the loss, 24-27 for about 89%. Again, the only other problem, though, the Pacers did a pretty good job too, 27 for 33 at about an 82% clip as well. For my top performer, for my silver lining, I have to go with Jalen McDaniels after last night's game. Halliburton between the rings. Sees the double, gets rid of it to Heald. Heald to the baseline, rises up, shot deflected by Mark Williams, taken away by Jalen McDaniels. Up the floor, Dennis Smith Jr. Hands it back to McDaniels. His three is good. Jalen McDaniels drilling another Lowe's three-point shot. His second of the game. Hornets lead is four. Jalen McDaniels finishes with 17 points last night. 11 of those specifically came in the second half. I thought he did a really good job, or at least the best ability he could to Save the bacon for the Hornets, more or less, as he was really that guy defensively that was able to create those deflections, create those turnovers that resulted in offense. And I know he goes 7 of 14 from the field, 2 for 5 beyond the arc, has those six rebounds, one assist, a block, and a steal in there as well. But I thought Jalen, the way that he's been able to step up here, I understand it's not a Kelly Oubre output where he's reaching 20 points per game on average as a starter, but 17 points is a pretty good start for Jalen McDaniels to at least try to fill that scoring output that the Hornets are missing from Kelly Oubre, who started, and of course, Gordon Hayward is the main starter, but because Gordon has missed so much time this season, we kind of got accustomed to Kelly Oubre filling that void, and of course, with Gordon getting back, Kelly goes to the bench, and now it's just, it's just kind of a chain reaction. Somebody has to fill in the scoring output that is being missed from those two guys in general, and Jalen McDaniels has done a pretty good job so far through the first handful of games with both Gordon and Kelly being out here to just kind of fill the void and, and just be able to create some scoring output in general from that three spot. Yeah, I've been really impressed with Jalen McDaniels this year, and his season reminds me a little bit of like how the Hornets had to use Kelly Oubre last year in the sense of when guys went down, they plugged Kelly into like the two spot. They plugged Kelly into the three spot at times when guys were going in and out. Uh, They've done the same thing with Jalen this year. He's taken the three for Gordon Hayward. He's filled in at the four at times. Um, You know, his his versatility has really come a long way. And I think last night, uh, I want to say kind of towards the end of that third quarter, he had five unanswered. They had a 10 0 run. He had five last five points for Charlotte to close the third quarter. I mean, it feels like when he comes in, he has these stretches and they're becoming more and more 
Friesen, where he just makes a bunch of plays, whether it's a block, whether it's a rebound, you know, blocks the one, gets the rebound, pushes the pace, and ends up hitting a three at the other end. Or, you know, he, his, his game has just has made a lot of improvements. And, and just, he just, the team seems to play well more and more often when he's on the floor. And you're seeing this right now. He's done a great job stepping up with Kelly out, with Gordon out. And, you know, it's a credit to him because he's taken major strides over the past couple of years coming in as an end of the second round pick to where he is now. Sam, that brought up a really good point that I want to bring up here as well is at the end of the third quarter, and I forgot to mention this, the Hornets closed the third quarter on a 10-0 run over the final two minutes and 15 seconds, and Jalen McDaniels was certainly one of the catalysts in that run because this was the five out there on the floor. I know Terry Rozier had a three before he headed to the bench, but to finish the quarter, the five out there for Charlotte was Jalen McDaniels, Dennis Smith Jr., Cody Martin, JT Thor, and Mark Williams. All bench guys, well, at least Jalen McDaniels was in the starting role last night, and he has been the last couple of games. But typically speaking, the way that this roster was imagined before the season started, Jalen McDaniels was supposed to be a bench player. So in theory, five bench guys out there for the Hornets carrying the load at the end of the third quarter, able to expand that lead that Charlotte was able to carry into the fourth frame, just unfortunately not able to pull it across the finish line. It was a 116-111 loss. Hornets now officially at the midway point of the season, 41 games up, 41 games to go. We're going to talk about our midseason awards, our team awards. That comes your way next here on a Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
Rob Longo and Sam Perley, the lead writer of Hornets.com, putting a button on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, as always presented by Senta. And Sam, we've talked about it here a couple of times already, but the Hornets officially at the midway point of this 2022-2023 season. Obviously not the way that anybody imagined it going and certainly not the way that the Hornets wanted to go sitting at that record right now of 11 and 30, but we still have to give out some superlatives. That's what we do here on podcast. We have to have some sort of fodder to fill the void here. But one of the things that I decided to bring up, and I know this has been a hot topic over the last couple of weeks now here in the NBA, is who are the front runners for some of the end of the season awards? I know that we have the All-Star game coming up and a lot of people have been trying to make a push for some of their favorite players to be an All-Star heading to Salt Lake City this year in Utah for the All-Star game, but there's also a lot of conversation about who should be in the mix for the MVP award or the Michael Jordan award as it is now referred to as, but wanted to get your take on a couple of midway point superlatives. So we're going to talk about a team MVP. We're also going to talk about a most improved player, and we're also going to talk about biggest surprise. So I will leave this one open to you. Where would you like to start? Which category would you like to begin with? Let's start from the top and let's go Hornets team MVP. That works for me. And of course, you're the guest of honor, so I'm going to let you fire off first. I'm going to go with Kelly Oubre here. And it's unfortunate because I know he's not playing right now, is out kind of for at least a foreseeable future with the after undergoing hand surgery last week. But I think to start the year when the Hornets are dealing with so many injuries to LaMelo Ball and Dennis Smith and Cody Martin and Terry was also out for a couple weeks. I mean, Kelly did. Uh, a really, really impressive job of kind of keeping the ship afloat on offense, was asked to do a number of different things that he didn't necessarily do last year on the offensive end. You saw his scoring, ability to score in a lot of different ways kind of come to the surface, you know, stopping in the mid-range, the catch-and-shoot stuff, driving to the basket. I think, you know, he really took a step forward and stepped up when the Hornets needed him. It's unfortunate he couldn't kind of keep this career season going because uh, he's averaging over 20 points per game right now. I think he had scored in double figures in every game this season until the December 29th game against Oklahoma City where he had to leave at halftime with the uh, hand stuff. And then that's kind of when it, I don't think he's actually played since then. So my MVP for the first half of the season is Kelly Oubre. He's given the team everything he's had. And it seems like this injury is kind of something he's been playing with for a while too. So it's unfortunate that, you know, he, he can't keep the momentum going, but he's given the Hornets a lot for this first half of the season, particularly on the offensive end. Great minds must think alike because I had Kelly Oubre penciled as my team MVP. I know you talked about it and you touched on it, but I mean, he played in the first 34 games. He was Mr. Consistent. He was in the lineup. Every game, I mean, he started the first, what it ended up being, 28 games because of Gordon Hayward's injury, and then he started a couple more there sprinkled in as well before he had that hand injury really hamper him, and he was unable to continue. But, I mean, the way that Kelly Oubre was able to carry this team, like you talked about, I mean, averaging about 20 points per game, five rebounds, the field goal percentage was up, the three-point percentage was a little down, but he was just picking more high-percentage shots, the free-throw percentage right around the same but I thought the way that Kelly was able to carry this team be that leader even though he's a little bit of a younger veteran more or less at the ripe old age of 27 the way that he's been able to carry himself throughout his career here in the league and how it's his second season in Charlotte he's a little bit more comfortable with the teammates and stuff like that I thought Kelly Oubre was certainly worthy of the team MVP award through the first 41 games of the season even though he hasn't played in the last five contests of course with that hand injury undergoing successful hand surgery as well so I know we usually have Rob Rules on the podcast and we can't pick the same player, but I'm in the host chair. I am the almighty ruler, more or less. I am judge and jury, and I'm going to go ahead and say we're going to waive the Rob Rules here on the podcast today just because of 
the way that Kelly has been able to improve this season and really carry this team. And he's certainly worthy of two MVP votes here on the Hornets Hivecast, a clean sweep, a unanimous vote, if you will, for team MVP at the midseason point here for Charlotte. So where would you like to go next? Most improved or biggest surprise? I like it. Great minds think alike. Let's see if we can, let's see if we're on the same page for this. That way, it won't lead to any sort of arguments. I'll go with biggest surprise, and I think the name that comes to my mind is, is Dennis Smith. I know he's missed a lot of time this season with the ankle injury. I think he missed maybe like six weeks or seven weeks. Just came back. Certainly looks more like he did uh, at the start of the season right now after kind of uh, resting up for most of December, but. I've been so impressed with his on-ball defense and his ability to kind of stick with guys and create steals. And the offensive end, he's getting to the basket. He's, he's had a little bit of a mid-range game that you didn't necessarily see in previous stops. He's been hitting more threes. Uh, his confidence is there. He gives the team, you know, a, a very much an edge especially on the defensive end and an intensity that they need. And it's been great to have him back, but a, a guy that wasn't really on or definitely wasn't on a team for most of the summer, the Hornets signed him right before training camp started. And for him to play the way he has and to, you know, really been kind of a core piece of the team's identity on the defensive side this season. I mean, he's been off the charts on defensive metrics throughout the year. And I've just been really surprised him. It's great to see after it's been kind of a tough few years for him in the league with, different teams and lots of injuries and things like that that hopefully he can stay healthy and kind of keep solidifying his role here in Charlotte through the second half of the year. I like the pick. It's certainly a surprise to me, but I think my bigger surprise for me personally, and this is another guy that was a late add-on as well, is going to be Teo Maladon. And I know that he's on that two-way deal. There wasn't maybe that many expectations. I know he had a bigger role in Oklahoma City, and he was just kind of the odd man out with all of the players in the backcourt there and he was kind of an 11th hour signing this season for the Hornets getting that two-way deal but at the end of the day he's won the Hornets a couple of games when he's dressed and when he's available you go back to the game in Orlando on November 14th the Hornets win that one he goes for 14 points he seemed to kind of be the engine of that second unit while Dennis Smith Jr. was down and then you talk about another game like when the Hornets were out in Sacramento he goes out there and drops double digit points he has 12 points and seven rebounds and is another big game in the second unit and he plays 26 minutes out there so I think Teo Maladon for me is kind of my biggest surprise just because we weren't really knowing what to expect and because of the injuries in the backcourt to LaMelo Ball and of course Terry Rozier missed some time and Dennis Smith Jr. has missed some time it's been Teo Maladon that's been the one that's had to step up and he's been doing a really good job about it when he's dressed and again his two-way deal has to be kind of maneuvered a little bit because of that two-way contract he can only dress for 50 games in the NBA so he's kind of been up and down right now over the last couple of weeks here or last couple of games between Charlotte and Greensboro just to get some extra work there in the G League. But at the end of the day, what Teo Maladon has been able to provide has been my biggest surprise personally. And I know Dennis Smith Jr. is another good argument there as well, and I'm not going to disagree with it at all. But if we had to split the ticket a little bit, I think we're not too far out of reach between Dennis Smith Jr. and Teo Maladon. Yeah, absolutely. I love the Teo pick. He uh, Just for reference, he had two games in Delaware over the weekend for the G League, had 26 points last night and had 23 on Friday night to go along with 13 rebounds too. So uh, he's definitely continuing to perform, whether it's at the NBA or the G League level. So, yeah, I like the tail pick. And uh, major props to him, too, as you mentioned, kind of coming in at, at, towards the end of training camp, having spent preseason with Houston after getting traded from Oklahoma City to come in and to be counted on right away. And, and to his specialism and readiness and things like that have been really beneficial for the Hornets in the first half of the season. All right, that leaves one more superlative left. That is biggest improvement, most improved 
where would you like to go with that one here, Mr. Pearlie? Yeah, I think I touched on him in a, on a point earlier. I think it was your silver lining from the Indiana game. But Jalen McDaniels, I mean, uh, I've probably kind of said what I, I needed to say already about him. But it's just he's been so – taking such a big step on both ends. I mean, you see the confidence. He's dribbling with confidence. He's attacking the basket with confidence. He's doing more on the offensive end, scoring in a multitude of different ways, catch and shoot putting the ball on the floor, scoring off the dribble, pushing the pace in transition. I mean, he's been become a great in-traffic rebounder, too. Uh, he's used that length and that size to get deflections, get in passing lanes, cause turnovers. I mean, I've been really, really impressed with sort of the overall total package that Jalen McDaniels has been come, he, he become. He's a guy that you can plug in at the three, you can plug him in at the four if you needed to. You know, maybe in the future, he could even plug him in at the two. I mean, I he can defend a multitude of different positions. I mean, I could go on and on about how much I, I, I've been impressed with Jalen McDaniel's game, but from where he started with the Hornets four years ago to, or three and a half years ago to where he is now, uh, the improvement has just been really, really impressive. And that's, that's a you know tremendous kudos to him, developmental staff, and, and everything that he, all the time he's put in to, to get to the level that he's at today. I like the pick as well. My pick, personally, off the top of my head, the first person that I thought of is Nick Richards. And it's probably shouldn't be a big surprise that he is that most improved, but just what he's been able to go through. I know he hasn't had the most linear path to the NBA all the way beginning to not playing a lot of organized basketball growing up and then playing a couple of years at Kentucky. And then he goes on from there and, of course, just doesn't have a real normal preseason rookie year training camp whatever you want to call it because of covid doesn't get the chance to really shine at summer league he goes to summer league this past season and has a pretty good summer league and then he goes and just a different system and a different philosophy at that five position going from James Borrego to Steve Clifford under that new coaching regime and he's been able to flourish and I know a lot of us scratched our heads when we heard Cliff say that Nick Richards was going to be the backup five to begin the season and he's played really really well I know right now it's Mark Williams's time to shine over the last couple of games but at the end of the day Nick Richards still has a future with this team he still has the ability to be a great player and we're probably going to see it much sooner rather than later so I know that he hasn't really had the easiest path to where he's gotten to he's been able to overcome that adversity and I think he's made a really really big jump here going from last season to this season so that's why he is my most improved but I certainly don't argue the Jalen McDaniels pick by any means either so I think this is another one where it's a split ticket Sam but we can't go wrong with either pick Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you're the more guys you have to choose from in these, especially with the improvement and surprises, the better, I think, in this situation. And, yeah, to follow up on Nick, I mean, he, he's had a tough, uh, I think, a whole 2020 draft class, particularly for the guys that didn't come in and play right away and having the abbreviated G League season and not having summer league and things like that. It, it's been not the easiest the first couple of years, but now things are a little bit more settled down and a little bit more uh, normal, you know, you're starting to kind of see the steps he's been able to make. And yeah, he's been really good the first half of the season and he's going to have his chance to kind of get back in the rotation at some point. Cliff Clifford has made that pretty, pretty clear, but uh, good problem to have when you got young centers that are playing well, like Nick Richards and Mark Williams together. Those are our mid-season superlatives. We'll see what we come up with at the end of the season. But in the meantime, those have been the stars that have shined the brightest here this season for the Hornets. Sam Proley, the lead writer of Hornets.com. Thank you for joining me here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. I know it's a silver linings, but hopefully we were able to at least shed a little bit of positivity here in that third segment, giving out our superlatives here through the midway point of the season. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And thanks to all of you as well for tuning in. Tomorrow we will have our preview podcast of the Hornets taking on the Toronto Raptors. Charlotte looks to get back on track north of the border. Myself and Sam Farber will break that one down for you. 
In the meantime, for Sam Perley, I'm Rob Lago saying so long. Thank you so much once again for joining us here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, and we'll see you tomorrow once again on the HHC. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today.